0: Welcome to the larryinfishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannan. Hamilton Southeastern School Board at-large elections go like this. There are 3 seats. All voters within the school district choose one candidate per township. There are 3 candidates in Wayne Township's election. Tiffany Pasco is one of those 3 candidates. She has spent 10 years working in the areas of hospitality and marketing. Izzy Alexander talks with Tiffany Pasco in this podcast.
1: I'll start us out by introducing myself. So I'm Izzy Alexander. I am a senior at Fishers High School. My brother and I were approached recently to take over these podcasts, school board candidate interview podcasts, which is a mouthful. Yeah. Um, from Mr. Larry Lennon or Larry and Fishers and we were absolutely thrilled uh, not only to get the chance to work with Larry and Fishers who is a local celebrity but right. also to um, get to increase civic education in our community and talk to people about school board candidate interviews and really be able to put our voices out in the world and make sure that people know as much as they can about the elected officials that they will be voting into office. That's great. If you, If you want to introduce yourself please go ahead and do so. Sure. Yeah. My
2: name is Tiffany Pasco, and I'm running for HSC School Board um, for Wayne specifically. Obviously everybody can vote for three, but I'm covering the Wayne Township specifically.
1: Do you have um, children in the district or so anything you want to mention?
2: It's just not in the cards for right now. Um, so I think right now is a time to dig in deep. You know, community has always been huge for me. As you can tell, you know, 15 years in hospitality, it's my my goal to serve. And I even took a year off of work just to serve, you know, my year sabbatical. And all I did was volunteer 100% full time. Because um, I really wanted to see what our community needed and really get in, you know, roll up your sleeves and get involved. So yeah, no children, um, taxpayers, but it's a perfect time to let, you know, parents be parents. And let me fight and be their voice, and let their kids and their voice be heard. So, I'm 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 accepting that challenge. Awesome,
1: yeah. So you're talking. We talked about. You just talked about. um, You want to make sure you're fighting for the parent voice. To what extent, also, will you be considering the student voice in your position as a school board member?
2: Sure, absolutely. You know, students come first. That's the driver for them being in schools. So, you know, in some scenarios, we have parents that maybe can't make the best decision for their kids. And so for me, students is always number one. I want to take in consideration every type of family background that's available, whether it's a healthy home, whether it's a divided home, whether it's grandparents raising their children, whether it's foster care, you know, anything and everything. So student first and foremost from that collective.
1: Do you have um, concrete ideas on how to increase communication between school board members and students or ways that you are generally going to be considering the student voice for me
2: um for this position i was actually approached by the community um by several people and i so i've been thinking about it for a while um, i knew that there was a need to have someone that can actually represent the student voice or the parents in general so i think the grasp that i have on that is only strengthening um and so yeah i i, I definitely see that
1: Um, this next question is what would be your top three priorities if elected to the school board or essentially what's your platform? So just a chance to explain a little bit about what you are standing for.
2: Sure. So my goal, um, especially, you know, times are different right now and, you know, we could have a handle on all this in two months, if you will, but really I was just seeing and understanding that the parents and the children really did have a voice. Um, and I think that it's, Pivotal to give them the option, like for example, to either go virtual or to have the option to be 100% in school. I think that, you know, letting them choose as opposed to telling us what they can do or or not reacting quick enough to manage what our students' needs are is first and foremost. So students first, that falls in that category. You know, another big thing for me um, is also just making sure that we're we're being fiscally responsible. Um, I'm conservative. I'm fiscally conservative. I've, I've worked in managing brands and budgets globally, internationally, you know, within the country and out of the country on a decline and build brands and businesses out of, you know, what you will. I'm, I'm involved right now in just making sure that a lot of local businesses stay open and are profitable. We're staying innovative, and on the curve. And if we're not doing that for our schools, we're just doing a disservice for our teachers and our students. So that's another huge thing. And really just to bring HSE back to excellence. Um, I bought my first house here when I was 24. I graduated from Carmel High School. We moved here for the education. I wanted to start and have a family um, within the HSE school program. And just to see the numbers kind of slide is a little disheartening, and it's such a huge economic driver for, you know, people and their values of their houses, property taxes, or just destinations. I mean, HSC school used to be an asset, and now with the decline of all of our students, I mean, as of September 1st, we are looking at 750 kids leaving.
1: Thank you. Uh-huh. This has been a pretty remarkable year in regards to public health and safety, which we did talk about a little bit. I don't think anybody had this in the cards. Uh, pandemic was the way that we were starting off our school year. Um, how do you plan to take that and ensure the safety of every student and staff member within our district? Honestly, what we need
2: to be doing is splitting up and dividing and picking the best practices from every school whether it's within the same County or a more underserved County and understand how they're doing it and how they're fiscally making their budgets and making it work. I mean, we're at a pivotal time to where we're fortunate enough and this doesn't happen when you're this late to the game to be able to pick up the best practices and run with them. Um, So really, I think if we can just, swallow a little bit of pride and say we're ready to learn from other people and that we don't have all the answers or you know let's not recreate the wheel let's work smarter and harder not harder then let's let's do it so i think that's the fastest way to go right now at this point
1: (laughs) we've also seen a very huge focus on equity in the past few months in tandem with the resurgence of the black lives matter movement
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: do you plan to advance equity and equality within our district as a position on the school board and if so how
2: I don't know if it's a conversation of advancing at this point. I think it's still um, a tough topic to swallow, and we're still trying to get that on level playing field. I don't think we can do any advancing unless we have kids and seats, um, because education is the equalizer. And if we all can't learn together, then we're not we're we're back at square one. So education's first and foremost. That's what's bringing us together, and we can't do anything if we're dividing ourselves in silos at this point. So. I'm definitely in support of treating everybody as a collective and everybody is equal and, and giving everybody the respect that they deserve. You know, it's the old saying, treat others how you want to be treated. And, you know, it's, it's there for a reason. Absolutely. So uh, the awareness needs to be there and present, but we have to focus on education and kids in the school as well.
1: Once we, I think, um, I don't, I don't think we're going to be staying in 50-50 or all virtual forever. So once we get there to 100% back in school, do you have any concrete plans or ideas that you want to advance, like where you want to advance equity within our district? Sure. I think we need to look at what's currently in place, what's working and what's
2: not working. Is there an ROI on it? Is, is there measurables in place? Um, I I haven't gotten a full grasp on what those measurables are because I haven't been privy to that 100%. I would like to see that or if there are measurables. And if there is success, then you know, and it's proven success, then we should obviously move in that direction.
1: Thank you. Um, This last general question for all candidates here is just a chance for you to explain why you are the best choice for the school board in Wayne Township, so why we should vote for you. Sure. I'll go
2: ahead and just um, reference some of the people that have wanted me to run for a long time and recruited me, and I asked them themselves, you know, why, what's the need, what, what is it that I can bring to the table? And it's that I embody the Hoosier voice and that I'm efficient. Um, I'm always continuous process improvement. I went through a lot of Lean Six Sigma programs, so I'm always looking how, how to make it better, faster, and more effective. Um, so I think just some of those characteristics, I'm a big picture thinker, You know, people talk about plan A, B, or C. My lifestyle, my childhood, unfortunately, has led me to plan for element O P, and not rely on a lot of other things. So while, you know, we're still talking about what should we be moving now and then what's the next phase, I'm already five steps ahead on what happens when we get back to this? What happens if we have zero money? What happens if we have twice the amount of drop rate at the same velocity that we're going right now? So... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, um, I definitely, it's an honor to be able to serve and to have people want me in that position, um, so I, you know, I don't take that lightly by any means, um, but I'm definitely here to be, you know, the voice for the, the parents and the students, you know. My beliefs and what I do is one thing, but if it's not the voice and, and I can't touch base with the people or I'm losing grasp or reality with that, then, you know, we're, we're all at a loss, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said, uh, you embody the Hoosier voice. What does that mean to you? Um, you know, it's, it can be a lot because you're constantly, you have
2: so much compassion for everybody and you want to know how everybody's doing and you want to know how you can help and you want to know how you know, it resonates. It, it means so much to you. So for you to be able to share that compassion or have people's trust, off the get-go is, you know, something that I think is definitely earned and respected, and I just want to maintain that. So what I promise the people when I say no new taxes or what I'm going to do is truly what I say I'm going to do. The only way I would change that is if we had a ballot and everybody who's came to me or we've talked to, I have X amount of support and, you know, we're on the same page. But I would never go against my word for that, for sure.
1: All right. We're going to move into some specific questions for you. Um, So you mentioned earlier, and I have on your website or Facebook page, I don't remember which, Mm -hmm. uh, you say you have over 15 years in hospitality and marketing, which is impressive to stay in one field for so long. I don't think I could do it. I think I would go insane. Um, But how do these skills for you, how do you think they can transfer into being on the school board?
2: Sure. I think, honestly, um, a lot of people – you know, you look at the hospitality industry and you think people go into that because, you know, they fell at hard times or that's the easiest. Um, but you know, a lot of the people in the our hospitality industry, just local thinking make more and are more educated than most people that are making six figure salaries. Um, so it's just one giving honor and respect to everybody, but also learning how to be humble and serve other people. And, and much like many people in the hospitality industry, that's what gives people joy, making sure that you had a great experience, making sure that you're doing okay, making sure that things, if, you, if there's a way to improve things, you're improving things. It's about the quality of life and compassion. You know, if you, if you look, you know, globally, even in your um, underserved cultures and countries, their mental health is way better than ours because they have that close-knit connection with people and compassion and being able to relate to people. And that in itself is a form of hospitality. So I'm just, I'm looking to carry that over.
1: Do you have a favorite story from your long years of experience that you think really demonstrates the skills that you have? Um, you know, one of the things, and Uh, It was a trip um,
2: with a bunch of people who own some local businesses here, and we um, went to Cuba actually. And my husband and I—we've traveled a lot. We've been—I mean, we choose to travel. We don't choose to have a huge life or a big house, or you know, for us, it's the experience, right? So we're in line at Cuba, and you in Cuba, you have two different currencies. So you have one that's for the working class, and then one for like politically, or if you're visiting, or if you're a tourist. So we're standing in line for the bank, which is the only way you can get money. You can't, get it card. You, can't um, you know, get cash. You have to go through, uh, through euros. And there was a, a European family in front of us who their baby was getting heat exhaustion in line for the bank. And the lady who didn't have shoes on, barely had a shirt on her back, was in like, 20 spaces in line in this bank ahead. And at this point, we've been waiting there for three hours and she gave up her spot for the person that was in line to visit so that she could get that young child that isn't hers out of the heat. And for me, that embodies true hospitality, true compassion and serving and putting other people's first. So that would be, you know, that's one of those heartfelt moments that you get to watch witness and and be humbled enough to realize that level of compassion. So I think for a cool story, sorry, it was a long, cool story, but, you know, it's, it's one of those stories that if, if we could all just think about what everybody else is going through while we all wait in line or we're, you know, stuck in traffic or having a bad day and just have compassion and, you know, give to others, I think we'd be in a better place. And, you know, that's what the hospitality industry is all about.
1: Thank you. It was not a long story at all. It was perfect. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so we did talk about this before. You said um, your one of your biggest priorities is students first. What does that mean to you? Could you define that? Yeah, absolutely. So,
2: I mean, it's pretty broad, and I think it's a great question that you bring up. But for me, students first means that we're they're hitting academic standards. We're setting them up for success. We're giving them the confidence and the building blocks to – be productive citizens within wherever they decide if they stay within Fishers, wherever else they go, or they build their family, because really, it just trickles down. And that's what this um, role for me means the most, because our youth, I mean, it's our, it's our future leaders. And if we can't get this right as a collective and come together as a community, then, you know, we're doing all of ourselves a disservice. So we're, we're counting on you guys, especially you, Izzy.
1: <laughs> A lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not um, pressure. <laughs> When you, so you say, um, just like making sure that all students, that mm-hmm. includes students of color, marginalized voices, students who are LGBTQ plus, yes. disabled students.
2: To confirm students with abilities. Um, that's what we prefer to call them. Um, LGBTQ, maybe those who aren't sure and down the line are, you know, transgender. Um, standard, disabilities, anything and everything, you know, school, I think, yes, we, ha- we need to like, be better about acknowledging that, but we also need to understand that we're not, we don't need to get caught up in the minutia of it. We are we. We are a collective. We are a team. We are a community. We are a family, and we need to work together, and we need to listen to each other and, and learn more tolerance, you know, if learn how to agree to disagree, and just have conversations absolutely we're we're all in this together so
1: thank you Mm -hmm. um and this is just a bonus question so i saw on facebook that you are a beekeeper and Uh i love bees i wish i was a beekeeper but i I live in the suburbs so
2: my parents (laughs) come on over we'll figure it out you know there's bee club local central indiana bee club um I'd love to have you if you want to join me for a bee, you know, keeping meeting, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Was your question just about Um, bees?
1: Yeah. I mean, is there, is there a life lesson that you've learned from beekeeping that you think would be really applicable? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I took an interest in, um, bees because I
2: started to obviously realize how important they are for farms and just in general for our society. And, um, so I, t- I went to uh, B school when I took my sabbatical and did nothing but volunteer, which was not that intense. Um, it was about a year ago because I really wanted to make sure I did my homework and understand what we need to do. So I got my first hive. Um, most first hives don't go very successful. So mine is, you know, dwindling right now, but it's my first run and go at. You know, there's a lot of things Depending on where you get your bees from, or you know where they're at, or where they're not at, or what you're doing, I mean, it's it's pretty complex. But I mean, it's definitely it's a it's a hobby. And if we could all work together like the bees and take care of everybody, you know, we have so much to learn from them as a as a unit for so sure. Really, pretty impeccable.
1: Yeah, yeah, and also it'd be nice to communicate through dancing. I think I think <laughs> we should you know. take that up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That is another form of physical therapy, so we should add it for sure. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Uh, those are all those are all the questions that I have for you. I've left this space open in all my other interviews for candidates to clarify anything or um, communicate anything else. Ask me questions if they wanted to. I think for you, I
2: would love to know just for you personally. How do you feel? Um, you know, with some of the people that you've talked to you feel like your voice is being heard you know I would just love to get your personal feedback on just everything that you're going through and and all of this you know it's it's different because you wear your student face and then you wear your okay now I'm you know
1: doing the Honorable Larry coverage so Yeah. yeah um yeah I've definitely felt doing these interviews have been very interesting I don't know a whole lot about the in our workings of the school board there's a lot that i think nobody knows in our community so it's been able to give me some clarity into what people prioritize in their elections thank you for your time and being willing to do this and
2: give up you know i mean it says a lot about your character and your parents should be proud for you uh, looking up to do this so i commend them for that
1: oh i'll tell them you said that i'm sure i'm sure they're going to listen to these maybe they yeah. won't <laughs> So, thank you for your time. If you don't have any other questions, comments, clarifications, anything like that, we can go oh, ahead and wrap up. I appreciate uh, the participation. So thank you so much. And I look forward to uh, seeing it live. Have a nice night. Thank see you. See you. Bye.
0: Once again, my thanks to Izzy and Casey Alexander for handling the school board candidate interviews this election cycle. Remember, if you vote a straight party ticket, your voting process is not over. Continue on to vote for the county council and then for the school board. This is the LarryInFishers.com podcast. My name is Larry Lannon. On behalf of Izzy and Casey Alexander, thanks for listening. Be safe and be kind.